Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. How you doing? You know what? Um, I'm not. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, which is the best radio station in um well, in the world, because I've checked them all, and this is it. This is it. It's a 24-7 station. It's great. Um, and uh, we're going to have um, so much fun today because we're going to be talking about a specific film called Don't Be Nice, which, you know, I'm sure I, I, I'm, the Bushwick Film Festival sent over this really good-looking guy. I told my husband, my husband said to me today when I was leaving the house, he goes, who's on your show today? And I said, I don't know, a really good-looking guy. And uh, his name is Nick Hall. If you don't, you can go to my Facebook page. I post a picture of him. Anyway, Nick Hall Melnichuk. Did I say that right? Uh, you did one of the finer butcher jobs of it. I'd have How to say. You say it. You say it then. Nick Hill Melnichuk. That doesn't sound that much different to me. Yeah, frankly. I like the way you said it. Actually. You did we can not keep bad, doing it. not bad. Anyway, he's uh, the producer of "Don't Be Nice," which is a fabulous, which I think is going to be really fucking interesting um, film. But um, I just want to get. I mean, we're going to get to him in a second. But I just have to get this off my chest. What I've been dealing with, so that you understand, you understand what I'm going through right now. Okay, so you can be with me. Why I'm with you, folks. I'm not. I'm not talking in, about Nick. Nick Hall. Nick Hell. Um, now I'm self-conscious about it. I'll never get it right. But the thing is, is that my husband is at home right now, a block away, suffering from a kidney stone. Therefore, I am by proxy suffering from a kidney stone because I have had to spend the past week in emergency rooms and listening and like him in like serious pain and running around and doing all this shit. And my whole life has gotten turned upside down, which is something that I need to cope with right now. And I, I have every moment of my life scheduled. So that whole thing just got blown up and, uh, I'm right here right now with you, which is so great. Thanks for listening, folks. I love you. I love you for listening. You know, you're making me feel grounded today. You're doing the therapy for me. Um, so once again, thanks for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Donate some money. I mean, God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold it together. This I'll, I'll, be, I'll be on the street. I'll need some money. Anyway, so I want to tell you about this. I want to tell you about, are we getting a call already? Is that wow, possible? This is going, uh, Hello? Well. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. That was weird. Um, anyway, um, by the way, we're going to be giving away 10 tickets, I understand, to this movie, uh, don't be nice. So if you want to call in, call in at 718-928-9732. 718-928-9732. And you could win tickets to this movie, which is going to be on Saturday night. So 740 to 9.15. Um, I'm going to give you all the details in a minute. But first, I want to get Nick 
Nick. I'm calling you Nick. Okay. Call Nick. me Nick. Nick. I'm is, into it. My close. So Nick is going to explain the concept of the film, which is fascinating. But I'm going to let him do do all the talking. Why I collect myself. Go ahead. Lisa, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, we're, we're honored to be a part of uh, the Bushwick Film Festival. So it's great to be here. The film is called Don't Be Nice, and uh, it's set in and around the slam poetry community. Um, if Have you ever seen a slam poetry show? I have. So it's competitive poetry, if, if you can believe it. Uh, it's, you get three minutes and ten seconds to perform a poem in front of an audience and you are judged by judges uh, of your peers. And uh, the film is about Bowery Poetry Club's slam poetry team in the summer of 2016 competing for the National Poetry Slam, which is the largest uh, slam competition in the world where 100 teams from all all across the country get together in a different city uh, to compete for the national title. So this year in 2016, uh, that took place in Decatur, Georgia. Can you explain the process a little bit of what it what it what it's like to um, do a slam and then what it's like to be trained to do a slam like you had a there's a coach on the team and stuff like that. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it's it's very much a team sport, which is something that we want. That's weird. It is weird. It is weird, especially given that poets are have a stereotype of being very solitary artists, you know, mm. sitting in their little corner, smoking a cigarette, drinking a coffee, writing their poem. Um, this forces poets to work together and collaborate. And uh, poets perform not only solo poems, but they perform group pieces in slam poetry. So sometimes uh, four or five poets are doing a poem together. And then it really takes on some theatrical elements Hmm. as well. I didn't know that. So, and they only get three and a half minutes? Uh, Three minutes with a 10 second grace period. Oh, so that sounds really, so they, are they, do they know exactly what they're going to say before they're going to say it? Well, you hope so. I mean, most of the time, uh, all the pieces are are heavily constructed, written, uh, rehearsed, edited, choreographed. And that's actually a lot of our film. It's showing the process. When you go to a slam and you see the poems and the poets perform them, you you can't believe how powerful and potent those performances are. And you you might imagine that they're off the cuff, but really they've been. It, there's been a process of months of writing and rehearsal. And no, I, I mean I have seen seen it done, and it's very. It can be very, very intense and yeah. very. Um, it reverberates is I think a good word. It like really kind of like it get gets you in there and um gets into you. It gets into you, and I think that particularly if you have any if any way of like. Well, that's me. It just it, it it's a, it's pretty it's powerful. I'm going to say that for sure. It's really, really powerful. Um, it, it's just amazing to me that to perfect those three minutes, you know, is it what what's involved? The words, the writing, the performing? What it, it's it, like, what is the ratio of performing to writing and stuff like that? Tell me a little more about it. Well, this was uh, making this film was really my first experience with getting behind the scenes on a slam poetry team. I myself have uh, don't consider myself a slam poet. I haven't slammed per se. I haven't competed. Um, I I'm a watcher of it and a fan of it. And what's the difference between you're a poet? Yeah. Um, Nick is the director. 
of the Bowery Poetry Club, which he took over. I didn't even realize this. I thought it used to be, I mean, I thought it was still Bob Holman, but Bob Holman's the founder. And you, you actually replaced Bob Holman in a sense as you're in your role, in the role that you have, Nick, at the Bowery Poetry Club, right? Well, it's been a really collaborative process working with Bob. Um, he's the visionary behind Bowery Poetry and gave me an incredible opportunity uh, five years ago to, to step up and try to do something new with Bowery Poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2013, the club switched from being a for-profit business to a non-profit business, and mm-hmm. that's when I came on. Ah. So my passion has always been the, the unification of poetry and filmmaking. Those are two things which I'm obsessed with, and I want to see how they can be brought together. Mm-hmm. And this film is really our first mm-hmm. experiment with, with that concept. And this is truly your idea, this film. Uh, or like I you put it, you put everybody together. You're the one who yeah. got the director on board, yep. board and all that stuff, right? I mean, you're a real producer. You're not like somebody who's like, "Hey, I'll write you a check." You're re- no, and I didn't write a single check. No, this this <laughs> film, I, I put no money into this. This film was wholly funded by this incredible foundation. Oh, really? Uh, Which one? It's called the Radio Drama Network, and oh, it's, wow. it's run by a woman named Melina Brown. And she was one of the visionaries behind this project as well. Oh, that's cool. You know, in 2016, we restarted the slam at Bowery. Uh, It was called Mm -hmm. Bowery Slam, and we hired this incredible uh, young woman named Ashley August, who's just a bright light within the slam poetry world. Mm -hmm. We hired her to restart a slam at Bowery. And she came in, and she just brought the the best of the best of the slam poetry to our venue. And, And every Monday night... There would be a competition. And after two weeks of this, I knew that we had to do something with it oh, because it was, really... it was so potent. So what time is that competition? It's every Monday night. What time? So right now it happens monthly. Once monthly. a month. Yeah. Okay. And also, it's... you idiots out there, if you don't know what the Bowery Poetry Club is, it's a very, very important part of our culture. Uh, poetry culture, but really all culture. It's a very, I think it's the most important center for poetry in New York City, which New York City is probably the most important, one of the most important centers of poetry in the whole world. So if you don't give a fuck about poetry, you should at least know what the Bowery Poetry Club is and look it fucking up, you (laughs) idiots. Sorry, I'm over. No, and we made our movie for people who might not give a fuck about poetry. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a very dramatic film. It's it's, it's a documentary, but very emotional. I cry three times every did, time I watch did. it. So anyway, I want to understand this before we go further. What's the difference between a poet? You're, you consider yourself a poet. Yes. So what's the difference between poetry and poetry slam? Poetry slam is is describing the competition and the competition being... A, uh, a night at a venue where poets sign up to compete. They get up on stage and they're expected to have prepared at least three three-minute poems. Uh, and they're going to share those poems, be judged by the, on them, and then the winner will move on to the next stage of competition. So would you say that um, psychologically, personality-wise, it would take a different sort of poet to want to compete like a maybe a more aggressive maybe an angrier poet than <laughs> I think a that's uh, the stereotype uh, then yeah. but i'm asking you because i don't fucking know i think then a regular nice poet <laughs> a regular yeah. old poet or what's the crossover just just content personality wise what do you think i think that there's 
I think that there's no opportunity to be, to be precious about a slam poem because, you know, when, when I'm sitting there writing my poems and I'm very personal about how I write and I rarely read them aloud and I, I rarely publish them, they're very personal things to me and I feel very sensitive about how they're understood. And for a slam poem, you have to be brave as fuck because you're going to, whatever you've written, you're getting up on stage, a crowd of a hundred of your peers and they're going to judge you on it immediately. Okay. So you have to you have to be you have to not worry about being nice. Okay. You you have to just say fuck all. This is what I have to say and you're going to listen to it for the next 3 minutes and 10 seconds. You might be heckled. People might throw things at you. They're certainly going to yell at you if they don't like it. They're going to ch- applaud you if they love it. You you are down to just share your words no matter what. So I think that's the personality type that it brings out. People who are very brave and people who uh, believe in themselves and what they have to say. Yeah, I'm also going to say that maybe there's a difference, like an extrovert, introvert thing, like extroverts. And yeah. I also think that there's a certain kind of bravery. And for some people, I do. I mean, I, I'm grateful that there's this medium. I think it's a great medium. <laughs> and I am grateful to everyone who participates in it. But I think for some people, it isn't necessarily brave i think it's like they're this is how they mm. get sa- i'm just saying get and i'm talking it. about this and for comedians and i'm talking it reminds me a lot of you know i know more about comedy than poetry and it reminds me a lot of stand-up comedy in the sense that people think those comedians are brave and some of them are and certainly you're brave anybody getting on stage is brave but there is a certain like they have to do that and they have to get on stage and they they're like you don't need it sounds like you don't personally need an audience for your work in that way a direct in your face audience but some people really need that and i think that's an important point because i think that there's a lot of great work that comes out of that and we 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 regular people i'm sort of in the middle myself uh i'm in the middle i don't die to get on stage believe you me i mean i'm fine with it but i don't I'm not desperate to do it. Some people need it, but regardless of whether people need it or not, what I see is it forces people to keep creating new work. Because if you right. if you are going to go to the Bowery Poetry Club or the right. Eureka Poets Cafe or wherever or your your local university slam poetry scene and you're going to get up and compete, uh, you are putting yourself within this small group of people who every week are coming up with new material, creating new things, following new trends, following political topics. Suddenly, your people are expecting you to have an opinion about things. And you and and so that means you can't just pull out poems you wrote five years ago because people are going to know it's not topical. It's not relevant. You have to you have to have that pen out all the time and writing. You know what, Nick? I give you that 100%. (laughs) I give you that. I give you that 100%. It's hard. That is hard work. That is definitely, that is definitely hard work. A lot of the, I mean, action is a strange word to use for it, but that's a lot of the action of our film is seeing how the poets in our film respond to what's going on with poems and how, uh, for instance, one sequence of the film. Uh, two of the poets, Timothy Dwight, Ashley August, are watching a trailer for the movie The Purge, uh, a horror movie that came out in 2016. Mm-hmm. And this next thing you know in the film, 
they've written a poem that directly responds to that trailer for the purse. So there's really <laughs> like there's there's that direct oral communication aspect. Okay, to spoken I'll, word I'll give you some. I'll give you something here, Nick. Yeah, they, they 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 these slam poets have it way over uh, stand up comics then because they'll <laughs> I see I see I seen a, I seen a very well known comic do the same jokes two nights in a row. So. Yeah, Read I mean, this just this week. <laughs> but you, but you got hits. I mean, the thing is, our, the poets in our film are some of the best in the world, and are certainly some of the best in the New York scene. And they have hits. There's poems that they do that people want to hear them do. And there's YouTube videos of of those poems. Bowery, we just launched a new uh, uh, poetry video network called SlamFind.tv. Uh which you guys can go and subscribe to and watch lots Uh of spoken word poetry videos. But poets will have their their hits that people want to hear, you know, so So they have much as what happens to do people call out for those. We want to hear this or we well, how do you in not so much in the competition, not in the competition, but as soon as the audience realizes a few Uh, seconds in that a poem a poet is doing one of their hits they'll start shouting they'll start going up for it because they're so excited to hear that poem ah yeah ah i see i see oh that's interesting that makes sense so um i I, i'm gonna be honest folks i haven't seen the film but i have read about i've seen the trailer and all this so i it seems like the coach is an important character to me i i got that feeling is the coach of the team, an important character in the film. Yeah, absolutely. So, and can you tell us a little bit about her? Sure, and we really and drew her role in on the film. In structuring the film. We really drew on the genre of of sports films, where you have uh, a motivational coach who's really uh, pushing the poets towards a new way of working. and And we got so lucky because the coach coach is there. Are actually, uh, two coaches in our film. Oh. There's uh, John Sands, who's one of the stars of the poetry world, the spoken word poetry world, an incredible poet and educator himself. And Lauren Whitehead, who sort of became the head coach because she was available all summer mm-hmm. uh, with these poets, mm-hmm. um, is herself a poet, a dramaturg, an actress. Mm-hmm. She started an opera this year, but it's- an incredible, incredible character. And part of the reason why we hired her is because, and by her own own admission, she's a failed slam poet. <laughs> she used to slam when she was younger, and she would always lose, or usually lose. And when we were talking to her about, about coming on to the position of coach for this team, um, she said that she would want to do it if she had the team's trust to try something different. Ah, and I like that. Yeah, and, and that... Bowery Poetry Club is known for slam. That's one of the things that mm-hmm. that is in our DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a team previously called the Urbana Poetry Slam, which was run by Taylor Molly. And Urbana was at Bowery for a number of years. It was the most winningest team ever in, in national titles. So when we were coming to launch a new season of Bowery Slam with the new host, Ashley August, and make this film, we thought we really want to push the genre forward. We want we want to, as our in our power position, I mm-hmm. guess, as one of the arbiters of, of what Slam can be, we wanted mm-hmm. to challenge mm-hmm. the community to try something different. Mm-hmm. And and what we came up with, what what Lauren wanted to do, and ultimately through the course of the film really convinces the team to do, is to to write towards radical honesty, mm-hmm. um, personal politics, mm-hmm. and uh, 
look for the story behind the story. Those are the words mm-hmm. that are used in the film mm-hmm. rather than just write the obvious political mm-hmm. message or the obvious statement. She wants you to be deeply um, interested in your role. Is the it. title of film, does it come from her? Uh, no, the, the title what? of the film actually comes, it's called Don't Be Nice. And there's and a it, second part to that sentence. Dot, dot, dot. It's Don't Be Nice, dot, dot, dot. And it's it's fill in the blank in a way. And this is something that the audience members at Slams yell out to poets as they're oh, going up. They say, don't be nice. Don't be nice. And the, and and some people finish it, be nasty. Oh. Some people finish it, be necessary. But the idea is, you know, don't give it to me easy. You know, they're looking for they're looking for the raw, real, unadulterated shit. Mm-hmm. And and that's what the poets are. The poets in our film do. Mm-hmm. So what was the role that Lauren played in the film? Like, what do you see her doing? Do you see her like, you know, is there a lot of one on one? Is she like going, hey, you <laughs> hey, that's bullshit to the. Yeah. Is in she a way. Really, is she, what's she like? What's, what's, well, what's her role? Lauren is Lauren is is brilliant. She's is take, she going to be at no the prisoners. film on Saturday? I don't know. Screening? She came to the last screening. Uh, Hope so, our last Lauren. Yeah, I, Lauren, get your ass in gear. I, don't well, be nice. <laughs> Come on. I'm not going to be nice. I hope she. I hope she comes. Um, she's but anyway, the central character of our yeah. film because she's so inspirational. So how does she treat the po- How does she coach? Like what's you know, it like? She, uh, tough love, and she doesn't take anything but the best and the and the truest. And that's that's what's amazing about her as a character in the film, because you know the the poets, all the poets in our film are accomplished slam poets. They're people who have won many slams. Mm-hmm. They're getting gigs. They're mm-hmm. they're validated in that community. Mm-hmm. And so they get up in the first third of the film is the poets performing some of their, you know, old hits, some of their new work to the coaches and looking to the coaches, I think, to say, yeah, that's cool. That's that's good. And Lauren, and it becomes a joke in the film, she just always shakes her head and says, where's the poem? <gasps> you know, this poem doesn't ah. have what I come to the page for. Wow. So she basically goes in and says, you guys got to start from scratch. And then that really sets up the second act of the movie, which is where the poets decide as a team to write brand new creative work. And and Lauren and John together, just across the board, Every line, interrogate it. Where is it coming from? Are you saying what you truly mean? Wow. Yeah. Wow. So she's really, she's, she's hardcore for real. Yeah. And, and one of her jobs is as a dramaturg. So I think she, she takes that experience and puts it towards poetry in a way that you don't often get. So how do the, um, I'm sure there's a range, but like what kind of reaction does she get from the the slam poets that she's coaching. Uh, I mean, that's that's part of the fun of the film. But is it, so I, yeah. I really no, encourage me, anyone listening. No, 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 no spoilers. I'm not going to give it, it away. Powerful? What happens? That must. Yeah, that must mean, be a lot of the a, a lot of the drama. That, that sounds like potentially very. Are there look, tears? Imagine, um, are oh, there tears? Are poets crying? Tears, that's what I want to know. Shouting, there's there's laughter. There's there's no sex. Sorry, guys. No sex in the film. Mm. But um, we. But we you can have sex. At the film, you can, um, depending on where you see it. We're gonna have to ask the Bushwick Film Festival if, if they're up to that. Look, uh, but, you have an apartment. Don't worry about yeah, it. You can have sex while you're Who listening cares? to this broadcast right now, yeah. and you can call Who in while you're shit. having. If you can't yeah. find time to have sex, that's your problem, not mine. So anyway, the thing is, is that um, <laughs> the thing is, is that that 
that that must be very powerful. And um, look, not all of the poets are are happy with this approach because look, you imagine yourself one of the hot shots of the poetry community. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it could happen. You're comp. Yeah, you're ready yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah, yes, right, third right. life. You're, you yeah, yeah. dive in. But okay, and you've got your oh, what the community calls bangers. You've got the poems which which win. You know win. Uh-huh. And then suddenly you have a coach who you didn't choose. Mm-hmm. Bowery Poetry chose Lauren and John. You've got coaches who are telling you, ah, no, better mm-hmm. write a new poem. Mm-hmm. Better, better change that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you might, you might feel a little frustration there, you know, and- because what do these coaches know? And I, and I think that's a lot of the fun of the movie and of that summer was these poets who are at the top of their game being forced to become Jordan, get to the next level. Yeah, and there was a lot going on that summer, right? Tell us, what, what, remind us, what was going on that summer? Summer, That's of, 2006. summer of 2016. So summer of 2016 was both the storm and the calm before the storm at once, if that's possible. I mean, because it's on the eve of the presidential election. So there's all of that uh, uh, pent-up questioning, uh, political brinksmanship that was happening that summer. And at Tense. the same time, there's uh, there's so much culturally that's bubbling over, and that's the summer that the movement of Black Lives Matter truly came to the fore mm-hmm. and entered the public conversation in in a way that it mm-hmm. hadn't previously, um, and mm-hmm. where a, a number of uh, the potentially ra- racially motivated uh, police killings of, of young black people uh, were displayed on social media and media for the like which ones I get so confused. Alton Sadly, Sterling, so Philando Castile. Uh, these and these are uh, some videos that we chose to show in the film and mm-hmm. to help contextualize what mm-hmm. was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this so in happened. other words, that's really cool because this is gonna this this film could uh, really be a historical, could be a like a, a a souvenir or whatever a note of a of a, an important moment in time when those things were happening like yeah. in 20 years from now hopefully we won't be having these same kind of conflicts i hope well and, I, I, pr- and, I pray that that's the case and and i but, think but, when we were documenting mm-hmm. the summer which is mm-hmm. what our job was to do to document what happened mm-hmm. um every, every week every day there was there was some horrible new event mm-hmm. occurring and i think for for myself as, as a producer and um, watching members of the SLAM team and the creative team behind the film, I think everyone involved mm-hmm. just realized that this summer was was one for the history books uh, and not necessarily in the best way. No. So I think we when we were editing the film, which we did in a basement with no windows, no bathroom for the mm. entire year of 2017, mm. we uh, the whole editing team... Uh, Story producer and editor David Lieberman, uh, director Max Powers, producer Cora Atkinson, editor uh, Nathan Punoir. I think we all felt that um, that weight of of history on the process mm. that mm. we wanted to um, make this a film not just for the current moment, but for for all for history. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a lofty goal. No, I don't know if I we mean... accomplished it, but we certainly wanted to make sure that the film was could be relevant could be relevant 20 years and if you're if or if you're someone from another country who didn't know what was happening in mm, 2016 right, in right. america you could watch this film and learn something about yeah it. no i think well also i mean the poetry slam movement is a great way to 
talk about a great pers- great platform and perspective to talk about the Black Lives Matter m- movement, I think. And that's what... Uh, I mean, it's a, it happens to be a, a really good match. And yeah. what I'm learning now from you is that um, how to- how topical and how automatic the uh, writing of these slams are. And so it seems like a really perfect match in that way yeah, because I'm- they really... They really are um, set up to document the times. Slam poetry is is a word from the street. I mean, it's it's people talking about their own communities, whatever whatever that community may be. And and people in the slam poetry world certainly look to each other to to tell their own stories about what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I think poets are becoming the new public intellectual in this way. Mm -hmm. And I think people are looking to poets to hear what's going on when you can't look to the mainstream media to tell you what's going on. That's for damn sure. (laughs) Well, sadly, I don't know. Um, But it's certainly been... You can uh, listen to Radio Free Brooklyn. We we tell the truth here. We've got no reason not to. We're not making any money. Why not? (laughs) We're just trying to have, you know. Um, So... Uh, tell me a little more, like how are, how are slams, like what kind of qualities, how, how are slams judged? Like, how do you know? How do you don't know? What kind of quality? What do they look for? The most words in three minutes? All right. So now imagine you're, you're a random person off the street who's never seen a slam. You walk into Bowery Poetry Club one Monday and all of a sudden, um, now Ngochi is, is the host of of the slam it's called college finals that's the name of the slam now mm-hmm. and she walks up to you and says would you like to be a judge and you uh, say of what and she says of the slam and you say what what i'm not qualified and she says that means you're qualified wow and and what how do you do it what do you do all you know is that you're judging from zero to ten and zero means uh you it would be better to be dead than to have listened to that poem because it was that <laughs> that horrible and uh Ten is that you're having sex uh, on the air, and it's, it's just that great that you you actually yeah. want to stop having sex and listen to the poem because it is that fucking good. Mm. So as yeah, as an audience member, that's what you're you're doing. You, after Such each a- poem, you just have to agree that you don't have any skin in the game, that you aren't friends with any of the poets. Oh, and and so does the so who's every the audience is the judge. So you pick five judges out of the audience. Out of the audience. No qualifications necessary. And how do you pick, like, who raises their hands? Uh, the best looking? I mean... The tallest? All of those things. <laughs> no, no. The the slam master or who's ever doing this job walks around and asks people, ask everybody, do you want to be a judge? Do you know anybody? Is this your... Have you done this before? Oh, Just wow. tries to pick a diverse body. And that's why it's so... That's why slam that's so is cool. so idiosyncratic. And that's why I think that bolsters... Lauren, our coach's assertion that it, that the scores don't really matter because ultimately you're just being scored by a jury or peers who don't e- who don't even really know what they're ju- they're just saying whether they like the poem. So let me ask you this: Is there a huge? Is there a huge? Um, like, if somebody's clearly talented, does like their average just you can just tell over time? Like, how does anybody yeah. ever get ahead if that's what it's like? <laughs> Well, because, and and I think this is a nice psychological because you are a, a self proclaimed psychotherapist. psychotherapist, so you're you're very qualified to discuss the psychology of of people oh. in an audience. Um, what I think, no matter what people know or don't know about an art form, 
they believe they have something to say about it. Oh, I don't disagree with that at all. But what I'm saying is, is like, how do you know, like, if it's so random, how does somebody come out like being good at it? Because there is an effect that happens when you're in an audience, when you're at Bowery Poetry and you're sitting there and someone gets on stage and they perform one of their slam poems that just hits every sense of you. I mean, they're they're in front of you there. You can feel the spit on your face. You can feel no, the passion. I, I, it's it's so palpable that you have to give it a 10. So I get that. I get that part. The part I don't get is the consistency. Because in other words, like if there's no, it's just, I guess, like I'm just, yeah, like, it's you know not, what I mean? It's not. And one there's, of the adages that, that Bob Holman, who founded Bowery, it, always says is the best poet always loses. And and in in a way, that's the case. You know, there there's nothing standardized in a way about slam poetry here you can't be sure that because you're the best poet you're going to get ahead you can't be sure that because you're a great poet you're going to continually be judged uh properly this sounds like the shittiest career ever it's a, I thought, and there's I thought, no money in it <laughs> this sounds like the shittiest career ever it's even worse you're than being judged uh, not being by paid people to do don't a radio even show. know anything jesus okay <laughs> <laughs> let me let me tell you let me tell you a little more about radio free brooklyn because it's the, the best radio station um in the world and uh thanks for listening i'm here with uh now one of my close nick are we close friends now we could be close friends we're, we're, right we're close in proximity <laughs> uh anyway we're having a really great talk about the film that nick produced for the bushwick film festival called don't be nice so you should Stick around. It's about slam poetry. Um, you should stick around uh, after I do the station ID where I tell you about, um, do you know we do live shows? We're having a live show on Monday, and it's going to be fabulous. It's at uh, the Pine Box Rock Shop, which is 12 Grattan Street, and it's hosted by two of our hosts, Jake. Di- oh, Jesus. I'm, this is ridiculous. There's no vowels in this Polish name. Dmitry and Chris Calabrese, all nice on ice, and uh, it's a weekly. Uh, they do. They have a weekly show, and they're going to be bringing it to Pine Box live in person on stage, October fifteenth, nine to eleven, uh, and it's free. And you can listen to their regular show. It's all nice on ice on this station live every Tuesday, ten to one. On RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Okay, let me ask you this. Um, ask me anything. <laughs> okay, Nick. All right. This is what I want to know. Okay, Lisa. <laughs> I want to know. So what, okay, I want to hear more about the competition they did, yeah. the actual show. But what What do you get from winning a poetry slam? What do you get <laughs> out of it? A nice pat on the I'm back. Really, I'm really selling this film, isn't, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, no, you are. What, what do you get out of months of hard work and competition? Um, well, first of all, if you're in the slam poetry world, you care about slam poetry and you care about the other poets in your community and, and you want to succeed within that. Yeah, so you, you get, get the love and admiration yeah, of everyone in the slam is, poetry community. And, and anybody that kids you, uh, you know, people talk about all their creative um, careers and that is number one, no matter yeah. what the fuck they're telling you about You want to be respected or, by your yeah, peers. You want to be respected That's number by one. your peers. Yeah, the, and that is number one for all... Whether you admit it or not, it is. You create a person. I mean, and let's stay on the creative benefits. Another is that you have been tested. You've been tried by fire in that form, and you come out 
10 times better than you came in mm-hmm. than you went in. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the most exciting parts for me being the producer and watching the poets mm-hmm. in our film and how over the course of the production process and then since the film's been completed, how much they've improved, mm-hmm. you know, as from my perspective. Right. So that's inspiring. So you get that. You get better get by, by, by competing, by, by challenging yourself to compete. You mm-hmm. get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's if you're in the top 15, say, or if you come out on top in the competition, you're going to get offers for Uh, speaking tours for college tours with your poetry you'll get gigs you'll get offered performances performance opportunities at places like bowery poetry club um it can lead to book deals and and really so as you know so much about being an artist is branding yourself and building a business around that Mm -hmm. that brand and Mm -hmm. i think that's really what it gives you an opportunity Mm -hmm. to do it gives you a visibility where you Mm -hmm. might otherwise not Mm -hmm. find it and Mm -hmm. and in this case the poets in our film have a feature documentary made about them. Well, um. yeah, that's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Thousands at of people that. all over the world are seeing them and falling in love with so them. So what is, is there a connection between like, and I'm no expert on this kind of, on music in general, but um, no expert, not on this station, that's for sure. But uh, like hip hop and, and rap and, and slam poetry, is there a connection there? Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, another another great quote from from Bob Holman is that uh, hip hop is a form of poetry that's bigger than poetry itself, and and I think that slam poetry has really moved towards being a prototype and being a training ground, a proving ground for for hip hops hip hop artists. Yeah, because it seems like you know, like a powerful poem, like and and I'm picturing, you know, I mean, I I have seen some, you know. Po- Poet, slam poetry, I mean, that could be pretty intense. And uh, if you just put music to it, can't they just be rocks? Um, you know, mu- can't, can't, can't they just, they just be, be Kanye stabbed? West? Yeah, and, and some poets want to do that, but oh, uh-huh. but not all of them. And I mm-hmm. wouldn't even say most. And mm-hmm. and that's another thing that I really respect about the poets in our film is they're doing it to be poets. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they want, or I mean, I don't know the contents mm-hmm. of their souls. But, <laughs> right. But I'm I'm watching what a lot of the poets in our film and in the community do, and they're sticking with poetry and they're pursuing mm-hmm. poetry. And I think a lot of poets, myself included, want to see poetry brought even more towards the fore of everyday life. And, right. And that's what we're doing. I mean, at Bowery, we're, you know, we're putting on live shows, but we've also uh, created Slam Fine TV, which is the opportunity for now poets to really enter the digital realm. And it's, it's an app that's coming out uh, in November on the App Store and on uh, the Google Play Store. It's called SlamFind.tv. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to watch some of the best poetry performances from around the world on this app. And we think that that's one of the things that we can do and be part of to give poets other platforms mm-hmm. to grow. Mm-hmm. So a lot of poets, though some may fancy themselves hip-hop stars or hope that they could get there one of these days. I think a lot of poets are looking to try to take their form poetry and make it more popular. Yeah, well, I mean, I can see how in a certain way it sounds like almost a purer form of hip-hop in a certain way or like a way of, um, I mean, like, um, you know, maybe like a little less popular but maybe a little more powerful. Yeah, I think so. I think it has or different easy objectives. To, I don't mean popular, pop, easy to digest, like music's easy. 
I mean, there's you have to listen to it. Yeah. And if you don't listen to what the poets are saying, you're not getting anything from it. Whereas right, music right, has right. the aspect where like some people don't Bingo. even never listen to the words of a song. And right. some people only listen to the words of a song. But for slam poetry, if you're not listening to the meaning, then then why are you listening? So I'm going to say if you're a hip hop expert, this is something you should also know about. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you should and you should come Do to they? Bowery Poetry. Yeah, I think there's some scholarship. I'd love to hear more if, if anyone listening is a, a hip-hop scholar. Hey, let's try and give those tickets away again. Are, <laughs> are you going to love this film? So if you want to call in, 718-928-9732, you can call in and win two tickets for Saturday night at 740 uh, to see the film. Um, or... Uh, yeah, we're playing at Chemistry Creative, which is a uh, 30510 Ike Street in Brooklyn, and we're playing as part of the an official selection in competition at the Bushwick oh, Film Festival. Nice. So I, I mean, didn't it's, know a, that. it's an incredible opportunity, and to get to play the film, um, well, you got in a, our home city, and you got a Saturday night gig through the Bushwick Film Festival. So I, that's we got a, a pretty big deal. Very, that's a very big deal. I feel very lucky. Yeah, and uh, the very, tickets are almost sold out for the show. So one of the, yeah, one of the only ways to get them is uh, through this giveaway. Yeah, yeah we're excited. You know, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, Nick. I'm not a big call-in show because I usually get so into the in the mud with my Don't guests. call in. So in fact, no, if no, you but don't you may not, we may not get a lot of call-ins this way. Do you want to have another? Yeah, if you don't call, if you miss this opportunity, well, I want you to go uh, to to our social media for the film. We're at Don't Be Nice Movie on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. And if you send a message saying, I want tickets, we'll get in touch with you. And and if you're one of the first few people to do that, we'll make sure you get tickets this Saturday. So go to at Don't Be Nice Movie and let us know. Let us know that you want to come. That's a pretty good deal, I would say. So I want yeah. to know a little bit about the ultimate slam. That so this the the whole preparation was of this whole movie is for an for like a big competition, right? Yeah, the big show in Decatur, Georgia. So the, so tell me, like, what are the stakes there? I want to understand that. Well, there's a hundred teams from across the country competing. Shit. Yeah, yeah, and and all U.S. teams. All U.S. teams in this competition. This is the National is, Poetry Slam. Is this Slam. pretty much? A, it seems like a very American kind of thing, isn't it? Uh, you, you may think that it's huge in America, but it's also big in Europe, mm. and it's it's big in parts of Asia as well. You know, there's there's mm -hmm. slams in India, there's slams in the Philippines, uh, quite big in the Philippines, mm -hmm. um, in Europe, Spain, uh, England, Germany. Um, those are three countries that are. That How about are really Paraguay? Big. Paraguay. You know what? I <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, uh, but I'm going to find. So out. it's so it's a hundred teams from a hundred teams, and there's there's a lot more than a hundred teams in the country. So it's a hundred teams who decide to a hundred uh, teams who decide to fi find some way to come up with the money to come to this competition. And, you know, everybody descends upon whatever city that the slam is taking place in. And in 2016, it was in Decatur, Georgia. Mm -hmm. So you is got 100 this, teams. Is this the biggest national one? This is the biggest okay, national one. got it. And this is put on by uh, Poetry Slam International, which is a nonprofit organization that, mm -hmm. that puts together uh, mm -hmm. the National Poetry Slam. It actually puts together the Individual World Poetry Slam, which wow. the community calls IWIPS. And so that's not a team competition. That's an individual competition. Uh, it's actually happening right now in San Diego. 
Like and today? It's wow. happening today. It's, it's great freaky. timing. And again, if you want to see more of that, you got to go to slamfind.tv because mm-hmm. we are there filming the competition. Oh, wow. That's ex- And you're yeah. here and they're out there. Yeah, I mean, Can you, unbelievable. Well, because well, of the movie. Yeah, well, Mason no Granger, who, who is the new director of Bowery Poetry, he is there filming right now. He is the brains behind Slam Find TV. And... Uh, an incredible slam poet himself. Mm-hmm. So what? So what's that like? What are the stakes? There's a hundred teams, five people each team, or something like. What is yeah, that like? Five, what I, is that experience like for 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 for, for people that go there? Is oh, it you guys got to see the film? Is it in one so theater? Intense. Is it in different theaters? There's a number of venues, and and the competition is a number of rounds. So you have two initial bouts. You have to win both of those bouts to move on to the semifinals. And then if you win the semifinals, you move move on to the finals. Um, but essentially, uh, the venues and the crowds get bigger as uh. you move along. So the first bouts uh, take place in community rooms, say, where you have a, a hundred or so people packed in. And then you get to the finals, which will be on a, a main stage with a, a thousand plus seats. Wow. So it's really, you know, you work your way up. And one of the fascinating aspects wow. is that you, as a team... You cannot repeat a poem <gasps> until you get to the final. So part of the strategy of this sport, because there is strategy to it, is the order in which you roll out your poem. Oh, and you don't even know if you're going to, if you don't win that bout, you don't move on to the next competition. So you might say, I'm going to save my best poems for last, but then you don't get to the end. So you never got to do your best oh, poems. Oh, man, this is an emotional roller coaster. Oh, it's a ride. You're, you got to bring some, you got to bring some tissues because you're going to be crying. How, how long does the, uh, the, the, this major competition go on for? How many it's days? It's about a week. Really? And yeah. so what happens is everybody hang out in their, that could have been a reality show right there, <laughs> like the, the hotel room or something. Yeah, well, there's the main hotel. Um, but we actually, because we were filming the thing and because the poets in our film really wanted to focus on perfecting their performances, yeah. uh, we actually uh, rented a, a house for the week. Oh, neat. And we had both the poets and the film crew living in the same house under the same quarters yeah. and, you know, going through those final we, days together. And we get to together. see some of that. You get to see all of it. You know, the film is really a behind the scenes because I'm sure you guys have all wondered what happens behind the scenes of a poetry team. Oh, man, I know. It's got to be intense. I mean, it's just something nobody's ever seen before. Especially when you have like five personalities and these people have to be very outspoken or being comfortable. Wow, this is going to be good. I can't wait to see this. Yeah, the the poets in our film are incredible people Mm -hmm. and some of the best poets mm-hmm. in the world, as I've said. Mm-hmm. And you see over the course of this film them testing themselves and pushing each other to, to be better. And you see, mm-hmm. so some of the some of these poets now have hit poems like we talked about. And mm-hmm. you see those hit poems mm-hmm. being written and crafted in this film. So it's really like it's a making of the band film in a way. Mm-hmm. If you see these poets mm-hmm. really rising to another level mm-hmm. of talent and success. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also the a film that's that's truly about uh, a decision that I think every artist faces at an, once or many times or every day in their career, which is: Are you going to make something that you think will be successful, or are you going to say "fuck all"? I just want to make the thing that's true for myself. Mm. And for slam, I mean, most poets ne- might never have that choice because how can you be successful? Let's say writing a poem that's going to be in your notebook and maybe get published and read by a few thousand mm-hmm. people. 
But when you're a spoken word poet and you're on stage and you're on Slam Fine TV and you're on this main stage of 2,000 people, Whoa. you have this desire to please them. And make, oh, yeah, right? that's so, right. So what's that internal conflict between Ugh. writing the true poem and writing the poem you think is going to win? Wow, this is making me more tense now. <laughs> that was the idea. There's no release. You have so, to come to the So you know what? I'm really, I'm really stoked about this film, seriously. Seriously. Um, so uh, I, I, I want to remind everybody where it is and the date. and all. It's this coming Saturday. That's in just a couple of days. It's the 13th. And it's... Uh, it starts at 7.40, uh, goes to 9.15, and it's at the Chemistry Collective at 305 10 Ike Street, which is the Morgan Stop or the Montrose Stop, one of those. It's very close oh to the know. radio station, I'll tell you that. And the official site is uh, don'tbenicemovie.com. But um, I also want to, uh, so, you know, we're, we got 10 more minutes here. So I just want to make sure that we get in. I want to hear a little bit about you and I want to hear a little bit about, I want us to talk a little bit about the Bushwick Film Festival. Yeah. And, uh, cause, um, I've, had, I actually had a film in there. Well, what was it? Somebody made a film about me, oh. a filmmaker, Spencer Shilley, uh, made, who's a reality TV guy. And he made a film about me not wanting to get married called Cold, Cold Feet. <laughs> And so I've actually had that film. I've actually been in the f festival. What was that experience like? Because I haven't been in the festival either. I'll find out on Saturday. Uh, well, I mean, you know, and I know Quay Bay because she's the director and the inventor, the founder of this wow. festival. And have you met her yet? You not, met her? Not yet. I'm looking forward well, to it. Well, Quay Bay is um, just, um, just like the most, I mean, I, I'm going to like have these superlatives. Uh, just do it. Yeah, I I mean, just any list of superlatives that, you know, talk about somebody who's smart and giving and funny and, and everything great. And I can't, you know, the, she's been interviewed a lot and people love her. And so I don't really need to go on about that. But the festival itself, I mean, being in the festival was a huge experience. I mean, my friend who the director, filmmaker came from L.A. I mean, it was huge, a huge, huge experience. The festival and that was a few years ago. I mean, the festival is a really, really well-respected festival, the Bushwick Film Festival. And Quay uh, Bay is remarkable in that um, she is really champions something that has just gotten bigger and bigger and yeah, uh, also, there's so many great people I want to shout out to Joseph Wilworth Joseph who's, a, who's been the programmer who's our point of contact and his dad has just been championing the film at the festival I mean it's it's a huge honor I, what, can, what can I say to be part of this festival is. I mean I've I've known of the festival by reputation and then now to have yeah, a, the reputation. a film in it is incredible I mean and Joseph stopped by right before you went on the air, yeah, to he check stopped by to make sure I showed up, because, which is uh, like amazing considering how busy things are here. But um, well, that's the thing; it's not all festivals are that personal, and this festival has really gone out of its way. I, to I got a phone call yesterday from someone in the office saying, "Is everything all set? Do you have all the tickets you need?" I've never had that before. This is a very hands-on festival. They clearly care about the films and the filmmakers, and. They're trying to trying to get it out to the audience. And even this opportunity they created for our film to be able to be on your show. I mean, mm -hmm. this is huge mm -hmm. I, I, to get to get to really talk well, about. I it's huge. About I mean, this is the best 
free radio station in the world, and I'm on the it best. Is. And I'm that on the best show. Amazing. I'm you on the best show lucky. on the best radio station well, in the world. You know, I guess you are so, kind of lucky. I, mean, I have to admit, you know, Quaype yeah. was on this show a long, t- like right in the beginning. I had her on with me. And uh, it was before she was engaged. And um, if you look it up, you could probably get some insight into Quebe, which uh-huh. is pretty interesting. So do you have all of your shows archived? They, they are. They're archived on Potomatic or iTunes. And the one with Quebe was fabulous. And uh, you know what I loved about it? I was thinking about it today before I came on was that um, Quebe is potentially an intimidating person because mm. she's so together and perfect and gorgeous and smart and well-spoken and all that other, all that. But you know what? When she was on my show, I really got to see somebody who had, I saw a vulnerable and fun loving side of her. And I'm really, yeah. I feel like that was a privilege to see that side of her. So remember, she has that side when you meet her, which I'm sure you will, because you look at her and you're like, whoa, it's a very powerful woman. But it's she's a, huge a real thing she's to, a huge to run a person. film festival. There's, yeah. there's so much that goes into it. She's got a lot of energy, a lot of brains. And yeah. she's just beautiful with people is really it really is what it is. It really comes down to a lot of that. But I hope you get to meet her. And you Me have too. It. Me too. I, I, and I'm sure I, I really hope I get to over the course of the festival. Yeah. But she it's, has a great team like Joseph and everybody. And um, that was another thing about being involved with the festival that I got out of it was that um, how the team was really um, they just really worked so well together and like having, you know, at the screening and everything I had to do with the festival you know, you really got a feeling of working with the team. So I can see why this festival has been doing really yeah. well and why it continues to do well and why they have, um, they've, you know, really interesting films such as yours. You're, yeah, and I want to thank Chen for connecting me to you for this yeah, opportunity no, as well. Yeah, no, it's great. And also it seems like your film has is a little edgy and, and it probably wouldn't have been at every festival. It's been at a lot. You know, we, we've won three awards already. We won the Macon Film Festival, the Atlanta DocuFest. Uh, uh, Max Powers won Best Young Director at Port Townsend Film Festival. Wow. This is maybe our 15th festival. Um, and you're right. It, they're, it fearless. Is edgy. they're fearless. They're, they're fearless. But they're fearless. Film festival. Film. They're fearless. And also, I think uh, running a, a poetry organization, I am a firm and passionate believer in free speech. And, and I see that with this festival. I see a willingness to program things based on their perceived quality and not shying away from, from difficult topics. And, right. and, and that makes me really respect right. it. Right. And um, so anyway, Bushwick Film Festival. That's so the one. You, yeah. The, and it's all weekend, all week, the rest of the yeah. week. And, you know, just go to the website. They, I mean, we're talking about one film, but there's every kind of film and shorts and there's everything. So you guys should go check it out because especially if you're anywhere in the neighborhood, because this is a fucking gift. All right. Don't <laughs> and we're giving away, away the fucking gift of tickets. So yeah, reach so, out at Don't um, Be Nice Movie. Um, Give me a couple of minutes. We got five minutes left and I want four of them to be about how this film has changed your life. Nick, go. Oh, well, it's my first opportunity of making a feature documentary from start to finish. And we're not at finish yet. From conception of when the idea came about, we've got to document this. Melina Brown stepping in with funding and saying, you can do this. Finding Max Powers, the director, to say, I'm going to put two years of my life. Peter to film it. Cora to co-produce. Uh, 
David to story produce, Nathan to edit, you know, a credible team to dive into it. And and now we're at the, the point where we're taking it out to the audiences. And after spending two years with a passion project like this, and then to sit in an audience of a, a few hundred people and hear them laugh along or cry along or heckle along, whatever the response is, um, there, there's something inward that comes out there. And I have to imagine that there's maybe a similar feeling that when you are a performer, when you are a slam poet and you've been crafting this thing and then you take it out to the audience and you can't predict how they're going to respond. And so there's you- that feeling there of mm-hmm. I get butterflies before every screening because how's the audience going to respond? And there's some sense of validation when they love it, which they so often have. And there's also, you know, that that sense that we're entering a conversation and and the questions we get from the audience, the questions we get from the media, it, it forces me to, to think about what I've been a part of and to, to really okay, look Nick, at the I'm strengths gonna, and weaknesses. I'm gonna, as, as, as Dr. Lee, so I'm going to say it. that you deflected that question. <laughs> How has it changed my life? Um, I, I, it, it and may, you knew it. And I knew I deflected Why it. Why did Thank you do you. that? Well, because I... I feel like you're here to promote the film. I'm definitely here to promote. Okay, the film. but we want to know. We want to be invested in you too. All right. So, how has it changed my life? Um, it's taken away a lot of sleep. It's made me very tired because it's been uh, it's it's been a huge process. There's been a, a lot feel, of things there. Do you feel like it's still like kind of in the? You're still living in, in the yeah. middle of it, and you really don't know yet. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to come out the other Is side. Is this the biggest project you've ever it's done? It's the biggest project I've ever done. We're in uh, negotiations with different distributors right now. So, and I'm acting as the film sales agent right now. So I'm just trying to. You're doing good. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my mind open to what the possibilities are. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's been a, a roller coaster and it continues to mm-hmm. be because mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I've learned is that when you put out a piece of art, and this might sound obvious, but it's something you just can't anticipate how people are going to react. Right. And and they're going to react in every way. And, right. and I think that's been something like if one of the things that I can take away from this is a sort of um, I hope a strength where I can where no matter what people say about what I've made, um, that I can believe in uh, I can believe in my artistic vision behind it. Right. And I also want to point out to you and everybody else that um, like what you do, putting a film together or even running the Bowery Poetry Club um, is an, is the leader of an organization. There's a leadership role that you that you have with other creative people that a lot of artists, I mean, like I don't have that same pressure hardly ever. Uh, I've had it, but hardly ever. And so you're also dealing with that so what's affecting everyone you're you're affected by the whole uh fabric of people involved in the film and you know and and that's something that i'm learning even in this conversation that 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 responsibility that i feel sometimes makes me be nice because i know i'm representing an organization in a film so i maybe should take some learning from this film too and not be nice (laughs) Well, I don't know, but I think it's really, I mean, we, we have to come back, you have to come back so we can talk about it more because the feeling I'm getting right now is that you're in the, in the process of processing, uh, having, uh, produced this film. And I think actually Saturday night is going to be a big moment for you when the film is played here at the festival and, uh, you see how, 
how what happens. And, I can't uh, wait. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't wait. I, I, I think it'll be great. Personally, I can't imagine it not being. I'm not bullshitting you, but. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. 